0: Around
1: Australia. Here's Inside Motorsport. This week we meet Mark Webber, the Queanbeyan boy made good who's running in the GT class over in Germany. A few months ago he was back in Australia and he dropped into the Inside Motorsport studio and we had a really good opportunity to have a light-hearted chat with Australia's best hope at returning to Formula One.
2: Ravel Steering is Canberra's longest established steering and suspension specialist. With their experience, there are no better people to turn to for shock absorbers, TRW tie rod ends and ball joints, polyurethane suspension bushes, and the famous King Springs. Revell Steering offer a range of wheel alignment and balancing, so call today to find out why your vehicle's steering and suspension can be maintained or improved by Rebel Steering. 28 Mort Street, Braddon, phone 6247-7711.
1: Mark Webber, thanks very much for joining us once again here on Inside Motorsport. Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Very good. Now, big
2: news—you announced on New Year's Day signing a deal with Mercedes uh, Mercedes Benz.
0: That's right. We've uh, had a successful season this year in the UK, and we've had a a phone call or a few phone calls during the year with uh, Mercedes Benz, and the people over there in Germany have been very happy with what I've uh, achieved on the track this year. So we've had a few tests in the uh, in the sports car and. They've been impressive what they've seen there. So now we are in a, a long-term deal with um, Mercedes-Benz and striving closer to Formula One.
2: Now, I remember when Dario Franchitti got the call up from Mercedes-Benz. He was on a tram or on a train somewhere, and he thought it was a mate winding him up. Was that the same situation that you faced?
0: Uh, well, I was actually... Uh, I had a bit of a heavy night out the night before. Not a heavy night, but I was uh, late was home, home and and emotional. I was a bit sleepy the next day and the phone rang and I thought oh but I might let it ring out I can't be bothered to go downstairs and get it so I thought no I better go down and get it so I down and got it and uh, it was Norbert Haag and he, uh, he said that this is the situation that Gerhard Berg is sick and Alexander Wurz is going to replace him and would you like to do the race at Nürburgring and I'm just and the sweat started to come already and I thought gee this is all a bit quick so I thought I'd w- I want to talk to a few other people about this first and we'll go from there so uh, they did also over there and he just got a bit excited about the situation and we waited a bit longer, so he said, okay, we'll definitely do a test then, and then the test went to another test, and now it's gone to a contract, so we're happy. All right. How long the contract for? It's a multi-year contract, mm-hmm. and um, definitely a big step towards Formula 1, so it's good for everyone.
2: With the rumours of everybody, uh, well, a lot of the Formula 1 teams setting up Formula 3,000 teams to act as feeders for their Grand Prix teams, is this going to be um, something that Mercedes-Benz are going to be doing, setting up a Formula 3,000 team, then sort of shift you from sports cars to the f three or Formula three thousand team?
0: I think how it works over there at this stage is that uh lots of manufacturers are, are grabbing the young talent while they can and why they're why they're relatively cheap and um keeping an eye on them and, and so they've got a, a close you know, so they've got them under their thumb, so to speak. So uh, now I am in a situation where I can impress uh, in front of the right people at Mercedes-Benz. And then from then on, it's a very small world over there, uh, very close to Formula One. So the 3000 thing will be will be very similar, I imagine, with uh, Prost and a few things like that. So um, it's uh, it's good.
1: At the moment, the Mercedes is only feeding McLaren, though, their engines. Do you know what their plans are? Because obviously, the more engines they feed, the more they're going to want to have their drivers driving for those terms.
0: That's right. Um, well, I think there's a, they've still got two more years with McLaren. Uh, they've just picked up the Bridgestone deal there for, uh, for McLaren. So that'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, Melbourne at the first race. So it's going to be a good year. Adrian Newey at McLaren. So Mercedes, yeah, they, they're they always wanting to be with the best manufacturers and the best chassis and they're doing well in IndyCar as well. So whatever they touch, they do well at. With the
2: sports cars um, and your program for the, or for for next year, for the forthcoming years anyway, there seems to be some split over in Europe over the um, GTs and the ISCS series uh, and which races they're actually going to, Mercedes-Benz are going to be contesting. Which uh, events are you going to
0: be participating in that you know of? Um, I'm not really sure yet. We've had out in the press here this week, people are saying that I'm doing the whole championship and things like this. I don't actually know that I'm doing that yet. All I know is that I'm a Mercedes junior. Uh, I'm being looked after. I'm in the system there, and they're keeping a close eye on me. I don't know what I'm driving and when I'm driving it, but uh, I'm happy. So,
1: But you know you will be driving.
0: That's right. Uh, a silver car with a nice three-pointer star on the front, so that's fantastic.
1: What mm. about Le
2: Mans? Obviously, something you'd like to do?
1: Well, yeah, that's uh,
0: obviously something that they can do, whether they will do it or not. Uh, I don't know. We are normally the last people to find out the driver, so we're we're poor bastards that's for sure. Now, I guess you'd
2: be hoping that uh, someone like David Coulthard, Mika Hakkinen, someone like that, perhaps go skiing over the weekend, over, <laughs> over the off season, Chuck like a bit of a pan. I
0: don't wish any bad luck on anyone, but uh, that's how the breaks sometimes happen. You know, that's uh, that's how the break happened with Mercedes. Obviously, it's a long way up the, you know, Berger gets sick, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call, nothing to do with me at all. But uh, I mean, you know, him getting sick, but. The, it's happened a lot in Formula 1 or in any category. someone getting sick and then a young guy gets a break. So that's uh, that's how it goes around. What about the,
2: the the Formula 3 season? 97 was a particularly good one for you. But the British press, I've got to say, I've, I kept my eye in autosport to find, try and find out what you were up to. I mean, I can understand them being biased to a point, but did you ever feel that they were uh, not, not treating you fairly in terms of coverage?
0: Yeah, sometimes we... Uh, we felt that we were a little bit hardly done by, but the situation was they didn't really know uh, until maybe five races to go that what we we're up against uh, an uphill uphill battle with the Honda engine. Uh, unfortunately, the Honda was just a little bit off the pace uh, of the other engine manufacturers. So uh, the Honda Honda was very strong to start with, but then it went away a little bit. So uh, that's why maybe we. We struggle with a little bit of results at the end of the year, but we can. I try to compare myself to Johnny Kane, who also had a Honda, and the people inside the industry they knew what the score was with uh, with me. You know, we didn't have the the right engine specifications to start of the year, and you know, all the excuses you can use. But it was anyway. It was a good season, and no, there we ended up picking up the Rookie of the Year. We got a good run uh, with the press in the end, so uh, it was good. What was it, or what was the deciding
2: factor in your mind that made Mercedes Benz want to pick you for their CLK driving squad?
0: I think they saw a race. Uh, We had the Marlborough Masters in Holland, and uh, (coughs) so that was one by Tom Coronel, wasn't it? Tom Coronel, he's he's the local Dutchman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I qualified eighth, but I made a silly mistake in uh, in qualifying, crashed, and qualified eighth, one tenth basically off pole. So the times are very close, very competitive race. And after four or five laps, I was third, and that's where I finished. So I had had a really good run through the traffic there, and. I think that turned a few heads, and then yeah, sort of next week I got the phone call to uh to you know firm things up. So it was mm-hmm. good.
2: Now the CLS, uh, it's a CLK sports car. It's yeah. a good looking thing. It's yeah. got uh, someone said in them uh, around 640 horsepower, full ground yeah. effect. Yeah. What's it like to drive in comparison to an f three cars? It,
0: it's quite different you know you've got there's lots of technology in the car obviously uh the sequential gearbox and the carbon brakes and obviously i think it's actually got a bit more than 640 but um, we'll keep it to that but it's, there's lots of power there the tires are very good and yeah there's lots of downforce so uh the car proved this year very good for uh alexander Wirtz who drove the car and then every now and again he would pop into the benetton and out qualify Lacey. so it's still a very good training ground and the mm-hmm. car is very fast and it's very good in the high speed corners for uh, you know to keep you sharp so it's it's uh it's lots of downforce and that's the that's the key to keeping you sharp for formula one
2: what about setup on something like the clk as opposed to the uh formula 3k is there a lot more adjustability and a lot more uh, things you can change or is it much of a muchness
0: uh, maybe probably fairly similar they the the engineers at mercedes obviously they, they take a they deal with it quite heavily uh, in the adjustments which are made obviously in Formula 3 you can uh, express your feelings a bit more about what you want to change on the car but maybe at, at Mercedes what i found at the moment is they're a very very professional team at Mercedes and they work uh, how they want to work so uh, and it's proved very successful so it's fairly similar um, but it's it's a single-seater with a roof. <laughs> what about, you hear all these uh, reports of Formula 1 drivers
2: and, and now Formula 3000 drivers and, and, I guess, CLK sports car drivers, all heading back to uh, the Team Transporter to devour the data logging. Does that, I mean, is that a crucial part of being a race driver now, looking at the telemetry, setting up, uh, sitting there for hours with the engineers, discussing it all?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In Europe, that's, uh, that's a very important part of it. To, uh, of the driver as well to show that you're, you're uh, committed and showing that you're wanting at the end of the day the car to go to do the lap times quicker so and over, over any given distance uh, you should be trying to strive to make the car go quicker so we do spend a lot of time on the computers obviously I'm still learning the system there at, at Mercedes but uh, in Formula 3 I, I could be sitting there for quite a long time uh, even overlapping my own laps to see where I could improve just in myself and then yeah you can look at you know dampers and things like that but it's important you don't get too confused
2: what about the language barrier Craig Lowndes had enormous problems in the Formula 3000 ranks with um, the Austrian engineers etc cetera, etc cetera. have you had that much of a problem with the Mercedes guys
0: um, not really at the moment. There are uh, the guys who I need to deal with. Obviously, the engineers and the chief engineers, and okay, some engine and gearbox people. They all can speak very good English, so I'm very fortunate there. But uh, I'm well on my way to learning some German, so uh, it's uh, coming along well. More than iron and beer. Yeah, well. Uh, as usual, the, word, the words you learn first are not the right words, so uh, they've, been very good, they've been very good to me.
2: <laughs> All righty. what about the PR and, and media responsibilities, working with a major manufacturer like Mercedes-Benz, that that take up a chunk of your time?
0: Well, it looks like it, yeah, absolutely, it uh, looks like I'll be out here for the Grand Prix, and uh, Norbert Haag wants me out here for the Grand Prix, and we're going to be doing some promotion out here for Mercedes out here, and with obviously with, out, with Yellow Pages also, at the Qantas Grand Prix out here, and that's going to be fantastic and yeah then during the year I've already seen uh well Burn Schneider's told me about some of the commitments you have to do during the day to uh during the week obviously to to fulfill the sponsor uh, commitments for these guys so it's a it's a job now um and that's what I've always wanted to strive to do so I'm a professional driver now and it's good.
2: So the living in a, in England thing a good uh, atmosphere a good bunch of people to knock
0: around with? Yeah well this year was uh was fantastic I lived about 20 minutes from uh, from the factory there at Silverstone and and Silverstone is really the hub of um, world of motorsport really you've got Jordan right there and and Ilmore, which is over at Northampton they build the the engines for the Mercedes team and it's all the Formula Ford Formula Three team. there's lots of uh, drivers mechanics and it becomes quite um, a clicky little industry you know it's quite nice to uh, gain lots of friends over there so that's good. Uh and obviously working with Alan Docking and the team there, that was that was fantastic for me, a bit of uh Aussie atmosphere. But um we're all complaining about the same thing and the team there is the the English food, fried bread, baked beans and all the rest of it. It's, uh, it's a bit different to out here. But mm, uh, the warm beer. Yeah, and the warm beer. But I'm oh, not that I have much of that, but it's uh it's a lot different to over here.
2: What about the fitness regimen that uh, we hear so much about these days? With all drivers now coming up through the ranks, they're uh, all seem to be ready to run a marathon or swim the four kilometres or something like that. Is that something that you now having to get Unlike more the heavily? Unlike
1: James, which was <laughs> like knock back a few pints, have a couple eat a of couple pizzas,
2: of Kiki Rosberg, smoke a cigarette, and <laughs> you're away.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, it has um, it has changed. Obviously, Schumacher was the first, maybe the first really guy to stretch that to the complete limit, and then Santa and guys followed. Um, it's very important these days. You've got the junior guys. Uh, it's a good habit maybe too I'm quite close to young James Courtney as well, and, and <laughs> James is quite hard to motivate, and uh, he's he's starting now as well with his fitness. So um, it's you've got to start early with it, and uh, it's important the teams like it when you can show that commitment, and it's not... Um, that If you're at 100% fitness, you can test flat out all day and you can hop be out to car out any sweat on you. That's important.
1: All right. Now, um, talking about James Courtney, we we're hoping to get Ian Silverstone at the moment, but uh, he's gone AWOL on us. And, of course, Ian Silverstone is the editor-in-chief of Card Oz because they've just released the top 50 carters in Australia and uh, James Courtney, no surprises there, has come out on at number one. Great. And, uh, obviously, he is someone that uh, you're now in the position where you're starting to look over your shoulder and going, Hmm, who's going to be taking my Australian sponsorship from me? <laughs> and of course, James Courtney can't be that far away. Uh, first year in seniors to become a senior world cha- uh, karting champion is a, is a huge effort. Uh,
0: what he's done is uh, just fantastic. He's been over there for the last two years, nearly three, uh, by himself in, in countries where it's the language barrier and all the rest of it, and it's it's extremely tough over there. There is other young guys like Brian Briscoe and Ben Horseman and some guys which are doing it as well. but uh, I think James stands out uh, quite well because, he obviously, yeah, he won two world titles and uh, he's very much liked within the Tony car team and the Italians can be quite difficult at some times, as we've seen. So um, he's doing a great job. So number one, I think he's uh, he should clean that up quite well in Australia. So he's number one in the world, I think, so it's good.
1: It is interesting to see how things pan out in motor racing. Like I said, you finished fourth, but there was only about five points between first and fourth that year. Uh, a bit more than
0: that. Brighty, he, uh, he won, he won quite a few races, but um, I was second into the last race or something like that. But um,
1: Not yeah, he was. Cone, it, run cone off at, uh, <laughs> park yeah. Conor Park or, it or, was plenty, in it or was something.
0: Plenty of firework. I was, uh, I was more than often the one uh, in the green stuff. So uh, that was, uh, that was. I learnt a lot, and that was what I took over to Europe with me. So uh, he taught me a few lessons, and maybe I taught him a few too. So uh, we, we had a great time together.
1: Mm-hmm. You did get into the grass a couple of times in England. Um, one thing that uh, I heard the other day is you came back for the presentation, the karting presentation, because you haven't forgotten your uh, your roots, as it were, in motorsport and in Canberra here, and you presented a great trophy. Now, was that the nose you did knock off the front of the car, or was that just the nose that you ended up collecting? Because I should explain the trophy was uh, partly made up of the your nose cone uh that's
0: right well the, the the front wing end plate which was a, a race which i competed at donington was about 11th or 12th round and uh that was we had a heavy scrap there with manassian and johnny kane it was wet uh, drying conditions and the normal thing in racing in europe when if you pick the wet tires and the tracks going away and uh, the tires are getting very hot so anyway yeah that that is the nose nose well Wing, front wing end plate which is on the trophy and the trophy is uh it's a very nice trophy that we also have honda uh kindly donated a a piston out of my engine and and for the for the trophy so it's it's quite an expensive little item so it's uh hopefully they will look after it and it's uh yeah good for the club so that's where i started out here at fairburn and it's a fantastic little track
1: what do you think now since the extension's gone on and all the extra work they've done since, uh, well, I think your last karting effort was the Sea Rock Championships. That's right. I think it was. The last time I drove a kart was... Uh, Pretty impressive karts too, they were. All yeah. five horsepower. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> Made him start off the rear. Yeah, the
0: start at the back of the grid with Neil Bates and all. all yeah, so that was... Uh, so... um. Anyway, I think it's fantastic out there, if ever, you know, they've put lots of effort in, um, I know all the guys, Tom Nippers, and there's lots of guys out there which have put a lot of effort in, uh, I know they've had some problems with the noise pollution and things like that which is really uh, bad news because these guys uh, maybe once a month or twice a month go out and have a great time and um, it's just a sport which is the track's been there for a long, long time so um, a little bit of noise here and there between friends can't be too bad so it's a great, great sport.
1: And a very interesting man we're going to join now is Neville Wilkinson. Uh, Mark Webber's on the uh, other end of this microphone. He wants to say good day. Oh, good
0: on <laughs> Now, yep. How are you, mate? Yeah, all right, Mark. How's yourself? Good. Well, um, well, first of all, congratulations on what you've done last year. And hopefully uh,
2: this year's going to be a lot better year for you.
0: Yeah, well, thanks a lot. Obviously, we're uh, getting very close to what we want to achieve a few years ago, so we're getting there now, so um, thanks a lot.
2: Yeah, well, I must admit I'm the infamous guy who put the helmet in the car, so... Uh,
0: yeah, uh, well, uh, I nearly fainted that day when I picked up uh, Auto Action, but that's all right, that's, uh, that's what goes around and comes around, so. but it looked all right anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, uh, we, a few people
2: rang us up and said, is that a real photo? Or, uh, yeah. I said, oh, no, we, uh, we kind of put that in, but we wanted to see what it looked like. We thought it looked pretty good in there actually, so yeah. we'd like to actually see that for real.
1: That's right, well so would I, just not on the front cover. Of- what did that mean to you? When that uh, photo got under the press, Neville did, uh, well, he did a great job, people have uh, said To auto action, gee, it looked real. And I don't know whether you know Stuart Littlemore's program, the Media Watch. It (laughs) even made the Media Watch. Quoting you (laughs) in the article as saying, No, I haven't driven it yet.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I stood by that the whole way through that I haven't
1: driven the car. Um, But yeah, it did did look alright. My helmet looked quite nice in there, so uh looked good. And what about uh, with the GT racing? Do they do pit stop in normal shorter races? Um, I have seen footage this year of. the cars doing
0: oh yeah, pit stops even in the sprint races i think this year the three hour races but again i don't know how many races i'm doing in that yet so uh, i've got to be careful with my options. let's
1: we'll see what happens that is going to be the next step that you're going to have to learn pit stops
0: yeah that's right um we i did a little bit of a little bit of practice in the last test in italy we had um actually the biggest thing with Racing, even in Formula One, I'm sure, is is the in and the out lap. It's very important to get into the pits very fast without breaking the speed limit, and then and being quite quick on the cold tyres as you leave the pits. So, uh, that's what Schumacher is very good at. And okay, so we all know even people like that. But it's it's all things that I've got to learn. So, um, in the junior categories, you don't have to have any pit stops because you've just got to survive. But now it's the new thing.
1: And uh, with that in and out lap, you said you were testing it. How were you going? Yeah, well, the first time, uh, the first time I did it. I was learning and then
0: uh, I improved with every time after that. So um, I'm improving all the time. So I think I did a, a reasonable job with it.
2: One thing I've got to ask you is the motivation to continue. There must have been times when you had a look and thought, there's no way that I can keep on going, the money's not coming, or I'm not driving well. What is the one thing that, that goads you on, the ultimate, uh, that keeps you motivated?
0: Uh, the thing that keeps me motivated is um, is Michael Duhin. He's a very good example to me because... Uh, what he's done over there is is fantastic there was times this year where i thought god it's it's not looking real good at all no money no racing um but every time i hop in the car it's 10 tenths and i try and do the best uh every time i can so and that's pulled me through up until now um and i've had tremendous support obviously from from family and the management team around me which is you know when you need the phone call here and there back to australia and you need to uh spend an hour on the phone to someone which will will pull you out of uh one day if you've had a shunting testing or something like that so it's hard over there and that's why it's uh,
1: it's a tough school over there so we're over half of it i think all right and of course the the main sponsors that have done this for you the gratuitous plug right at the end of the show is uh yellow pages yellow pages yeah and Qantas. now Qantas has come board uh, belatedly compared to yellow pages absolutely and i take it that's an airfare deal or is it a genuine deal it's uh It's a good deal. Yeah, we have a good deal with Qantas and um, (laughs) Yellow
0: Pages have been fantastic. They've been there since uh, we sent a little proposal into them at the start of 95 and I was absolutely nobody and they've followed me all the way through so they've done a fantastic job. The Grand Prix and everything, it's how they work at Yellow Pages is fantastic so uh, I think it's if you're not in the yellow pages, your business is not very good, so get into it.
1: Mark, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Have a uh, good stay. I've realised that this has eaten into uh, your time with the parents and you don't get no problem too much opportunity to do that. When are you expecting the call-up to go overseas again? Uh, well, we've already had
0: it. I'm going back on Sunday uh, next week and um, on the 11th straight over to, to England and then we get into the testing, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right, then. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out and having a chat to our listeners. Also, uh, for having a chat with us, yeah, remembering thanks, us. Thanks, guys, and
0: thanks for the callers. And yeah, we'll be uh, pushing 100% for for Formula One. So look after the show and keep in touch. For more Australian motorsport news, choose the newspaper with the most motorsport news. The subscription details: email
2: msnews@corpblink.com.au. Motorsport News, proud partners of Inside
1: Motorsport. Thanks for being with us. I hope you enjoyed this special edition of Inside Motorsport. We'll catch you next week.
0: Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media in the studios of Triple
2: SFN Canberra.